Hi, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining me today for episode 32 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. We've gone to the Bay Area in California for today's guest, and that person is Jason Alabanza. Interestingly enough, California is in the midst of its six-week run of the high school basketball season, which wraps up in June. You know, some, or maybe many, if not all, of the high school basketball officials in California are going Monday through Saturday with basketball games. And quite honestly, they deserve a real shout-out with all of the work and hopefully fun that they're having in this sprint-to-the-finish kind of season for them. So kudos to all those high school basketball officials in California out there uh, really just running the season right now and, and hopefully having a good time. Now back to Jason. You know, he's one of those officials at the, the, the young age of 40, and he has quite a resume. He's worked the uh, CIF, which is California State High School Finals, in 2016 and 2018. And he's also currently working college basketball in the Division II, Division III, NAIA, and junior college level. You know, in high school officiating, he spent 10 years with the East Bay Basketball Officials Association, where he also served as a board member for three years and president for two years. I will say this uh, about Jason, is that he is a very impressive official to listen to. If you listen very closely to this podcast of what he says, because what he has to say is flat out quality. I mean, young officials are going to learn a lot from what he says today. And veteran officials, hopefully, should also come away impressed and and will take away several things from this podcast that they can apply to their own game. So, Jason, uh, thank you very much for a great interview. And and again, I think everybody's going to get a little bit out of this that's going to go a long ways. As usual, folks, this podcast is provided each week because of the support from our major sponsor. And that major sponsor is PQ2 LLC and its owner and, and my friend, and a longtime basketball official, Matt Kearns. So do me a favor, go to pq-2.com and learn more about PQ2 LLC. And if you would like to become a segment sponsor of this podcast, joining Mr. Kearns and PQ2 LLC, please contact me at markfralick at hotmail.com. Be sure to hit that subscribe button uh, on for this podcast because once you do that you'll be able to receive a notification on your phone so you can receive an update on your device whenever a new episode appears and also if you can please rate and review this podcast so i know how we're doing and finally if you'd like to support this podcast financially you can go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and click on the support button And from there, you can select any of the monthly options of either $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. And again, this helps with the expenses of the podcast, and I just really appreciate any support that you can provide. Hey, you know what? It is time to listen to Jason Alabanza in episode 32. Enjoy. Welcome back for another episode of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast with Mark Fralick. And today we are going to California 
And I'm excited about this because they are still in the midst of their season, I believe. And Jason will talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but Jason Alabanza of California is with me today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to talk to somebody. You know, we're in Ohio, and it's it's good to talk to somebody from um, other parts of the state, especially knowing that I think you guys just went through uh, a quick five-week season, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So before we get to our pregame, we want to hear a little bit from our major sponsor, which is PQ2 LLC, and my good friend Matt Kearns as the owner of that company. So here he is. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough, candid, and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. So we break this podcast out into several segments. We go with the pregame. It's just like a basketball game. We go with the pregame. We hit the fir- go to the first quarter. Second quarter, we break for halftime. We go to the third and fourth quarters. We have a postgame. And then we have five quick decisions. So in the pregame, we get to know each other a little bit. So talk a little bit, Jason, about the season this year and, and this five-week sprint to the end. <laughs> yeah, it's been... It's been fun. You know, we, we anticipated um, a season potentially for, for college uh, in the normal season. So that's kind of late in the winter. Um, and we had a, I had a couple games kind of sprinkled in. Um, and so that was a bit nerve-wracking because you wanted to stay ready. Uh, but it was good because it, it kind of kept you on your toes because you never knew when a call was going to come. Uh, in California, you know, a couple leagues only played. Um so, you know, low-level college, uh, didn't have a season at all in California. So this is junior college. And then D2 stuff, you know, had a couple sprinkle in. So you had to stay ready, which was great because at least you had something to potentially always look forward to. Um, and then fast forward to here we are in May, and we started getting chirps of high school thinking that they're going to do something in, in March or April. Um, and they actually did. So. We are um, in week number four of my understanding is six total weeks for for high school basketball, um, and I was uh, jumped at the opportunity to get back on the court, um, especially with uh, uh, camp season coming up. So um, it's a great opportunity, probably for uh, in usual circumstances we'd be off right now, and then getting back into camp season in the next uh, 30, 60 days. Uh, but we're going to be going right from season. Uh, into the camp season so this is kind of getting people probably in california prepped for that yeah are you are you doing games every day is that yeah right now yeah it's uh, kind of jam-packed and and the assigners um kind of pulled the officials and i would say probably in between uh the two organizations i'm with um i think 40 percent probably opted out of it because it was a shorter season and people maybe didn't want to expose themselves or they just said, you know what, I'm not in shape. <laughs> I don't want to just do this right now. <laughs> Who knows? But you know, there's, um, uh, of course, we're always looking for officials. But mm-hmm. even during the six-week thing, there's even less officials. So um, 
I had to do a triple the other day. I haven't had to do a triple in years. Wow. Um, and that was, uh, I was, I was spent after the triple, <laughs> but most of them are, or two games. And then to your question, yeah, I've been, um, six, six nights a week, Monday through Saturday. They've, they're playing on Saturday. So it went from, um, uh, hanging out at home, uh, to six nights a week, uh, literally, uh, with, with, with a snap of the fingers. So there was no warm up to it. How are the kids adapting on the floor? Have you noticed, um, attitudes? Have you noticed, um, the, maybe a sloppy play or has it just been a regular season as usual? Plays terrible. Attitude's great. <laughs> <laughs> They're happy to be out there. Coaches are great. Um, they're unusually nice. Uh, I mean, most coaches are nice, but they're very nice right now. They just are very appreciative of us being out there. I think people understand the circumstances um, and they're appreciative of us being out there. They're appreciative of the teams being there um, and out together and playing sport. So it's been great. I think uh, this five, six week season has been really pleasant for me. Um, uh, to, to, to be back on the court and everybody involved. So every night you go to a game, and especially now, I imagine you have different crews. What kind of things do you talk about in your pregame? And, and does this year's pregame, it might sound like a silly question, but maybe it's not. I don't know. But do you think that pregames change this year because you're on this on this big sprint to finish? Or you really do have to have that pregame every night, don't you? And what kind of things do you talk about? Yeah, so this year's pregame has been a little different. We've been spending five minutes on, all right, what county are we in? What league are we officiating in? Um, and what COVID protocols do they have? Um, because it's different for in the Bay Area, depending on where you're at. Uh, we have one conference that wants you to wear a mask during games. There's one uh, county that does. Um, there's one league that wants you to flip a coin instead of a jump ball. Um, and we spent a few minutes on that, which in turn turns into a 10 minute conversation of everybody's, um, uh, feelings on COVID. So, um, and then once we get past that, then it's pregame as usual. And I like to make sure that we get a great pregame in, um, and sure it's a little different because, uh, uh, we are asked to, in some leagues don't come until, uh, 20 minutes before tip because there's not a changing area. Some uh, we're getting notification that there is. So we go a little bit earlier. And those are ones where we wa- I want to have our traditional pregame because uh, as a shortened season, everybody and, you know, the players, I, I commented that they're rusty. Uh, so are we. And I want to make sure at least we uh, touch on some of the fundamentals, making sure that we are going out there and, uh, being true to the system um, and uh, relying on each other uh, you know, and, and, and treating the game uh, the way it should. Um, so I want to make sure that we check those boxes and, and when we have the time in our pregame. Yeah. Talk about your journey into officiating. What made you want to wear the stripes? Yeah, it's uh, as a player through uh, my childhood and through high school um, and even into uh, my college years, um, I, I continue to play after college, and um, and as as we do when we get to our mid to late twenties, uh, we, we think to ourselves we can still play. And then, <laughs> but we're in the midst of a career, and I you know I continue to hurt myself. And you know one day I you know, I tore my ACL, 
Mm. And I'm walking in the office with crutches, and I just tell myself, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> as much as I, I love basketball, I can't come to work in crutches every uh, every couple months um, and compromise my career. So um, it was either coaching or officiating. Um, I looked into coaching, and it demanded a, um, a good amount of time. Um, so I said, you know what, I want to uh, give refereeing a shot. Nobody told me much about it, so... Uh, then I just did a, a Google search to try to find some stuff and uh, found a camp to go into. And, and that first time when I jumped on the court, it was so close to being on the court playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, this is it. Uh, this is a great, this is a great choice. Um, um, over coaching at that time. And, you know, I, I still, I think it was a good decision. So that, that's kind of what prompted it is my love for hoops um, and playing and the competitiveness um, and then giving this a shot. So that's what kind of pushed me to it. Well, that's a great reason to get into it, that's for sure. So that will wrap up our pregame. We're going, we are going to go to the first quarter, and uh, we want to hear a little bit about PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection-molded plastic resin buy you'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey ref, click on www.pq-2.com. So our first quarter begins and we talk about coaches and communication. So Jason, talk a little bit about maybe some examples that you've encountered, uh, whether that might be in high school or college, because you do have that extensive college experience as well. Um, in dealing with coaches, some of the tactics or some of the things that you use to maybe calm a situation down uh, that might help a, a, an official that's listening today? Um, yeah, the coaching piece, you know, I always just try to, like in most, um, whether it's basketball or in professional life, uh, just be a really good listener. Um, making sure that you're listening with intent um, and being a being an active listener that means is having a body language of nodding your head great eye contact uh, making sure your arms are not folded in front of you um, making sure that the person talking to you feels like um, you're listening to them being heard having empathy when you're when you're talking to them and understanding the circumstances that they're in um, um, and when you're responding having all those variables um, to take part of that. So uh, I approach it that way. And those are my, my, my tactics and, and my tips uh, as I approach games is having all of that um, intelligence um, before I respond um, and, and, and giving them the, the respect that they, they deserve uh, when they're asking valid questions um, and, and being, making sure that you are, um, under uh, are listening for those questions rather than statements uh, making sure you're responding to questions and not responding to statements um, so 
uh, the coaches want to be heard. Uh, they want to know that you listen. They're listening to them. Um, they don't always need an answer. Uh, sometimes, and, you know, the biggest tip that I've got um, that I, I still use today um, is the most powerful response many times in interacting with coaches is a two-letter word, and it's okay. <laughs> and um, it's saying okay, giving them a nod, um, and for a large part of my communication and the response that's been a success for me uh, just letting them know hey i hear you okay um, and nobody wins or nobody loses in there uh, but they know that they're uh, they've been hurt um so communication uh, with, with the coaches is um is a lot different than than it is with players um, they're fighting for their teams and um, they're trying to make sure that uh, the players are are um, being adjudicated fairly in this game. So um, the, the standpoint they're coming from um, is unique. Uh, so we want to treat it that way. So the equivalent of okay, and uh, you could you could kind of tell people it's, it's kind of like dealing with a spouse. You have that two, two words, yes, dear. Now you're going to say okay instead, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, when my wife hears okay, she knows what that means because she, you know, we have these discussions at home uh, about communication and how, you know, even the tactics that I use. So when she hears it um, and then she responds, I'm like, oh, um, the okay came out and I shouldn't have done that with the wife. It's good with the coaches, not with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> How far can a how far can a coach go with you uh, before he is um, uh, punished in essence? Yeah, you know, we all have that threshold of pain, you know, with the, whether that's play calling or even with coaches. Uh, I just uh, you know had that line, uh, and we all kind of have the different temperatures during the game. Um, there's not a uh, um, a direct answer to that question. It's dependent on what's happening in the game, mm-hmm. uh, time and circumstance. Uh, time and score. Um, but in general, you know, we have a re- respect for the game guidelines, um, that at least I try to follow, you know, there's, there's a black and white stuff with, with language. If you use a profanity, those are kind of easy ones. The, the lines kind of pretty clear. Uh, but some of the stuff where the line um, is differ, uh, between all officials is, you know, the, the ongoing questioning, um, the, the dialogue that continues, the, the, the questioning on every foul call you make. So I just uh, make sure that, you know, whenever that line is drawn, um, as soon as you cross it, you have to be able to, uh, to follow through. Um, so that, that line moves a little bit, but um, I, I try to allow the coaches to, to fight for their teams uh, as long as they're uh, respecting the game and respecting the officials. Any memorable tees that came out of some games that you've had? Um, I mean, there's, I think the most memorable one is, you know, that you kind of hear it when you're starting out is sometimes a, a coach will, will intentionally do it, um, to fire up their team. And the most memorable one is when the, a team that was, was favored in a game, um, was down, uh, maybe it was a dozen points and we're getting kind of close to the fourth. It was in between the third and the fourth and he wanted to fire his team up and, uh, the coach tells me, and you know, as he's running at me on the at the lead, 
I, I need a tea now. I need a tea now. <laughs> and, you know, when it was happening, I'm like, this, I guess this is really real because this guy really wants to fire up his team. So I, I almost refrained because I always wanted to, him to kind of deal with the, um, how his team was playing. Um, but he continued to raise his arms and then he gave me the wave off. And then, so we did it, but it was funny to live it. Even though I've heard that coaches do this, um, when that happened the first time, it's happened a couple times, I think only twice where a coach actually asked for it. Um, but it's, it was, it was funny to kind of connect that with past teachings, uh, that, that, that occasionally happens. So that was pretty funny when he actually begged for it. Ah, you love those coaches. You know, they know what they want right away. You know, that's uh, yeah. a nice yeah. thing. Hey, that's the end of our first quarter. We're going to round over to the second quarter now. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Our second uh, quarter begins. We talk about the players now and communication. So talk a little bit, Jason, about how you deal with players on the floor with your communication skills. It's similar to uh, coaches, but understanding now players, their mind mindset and their mind frame, uh, also the demographics and uh, the, the change of this is now the next generation and, and how they talk to each other and the, the words that they use. Um, I have a large family, not you know, my wife and I don't have kids, but we have a large family around us and they're different age groups. So um, I try to pick the brains of the teenagers because these are the people that I see most often um, in officiating. So uh, I try to pick their brains to see like how they're, what they're talking about and, and what's happening in their world. Um, because I think it's beneficial as I get on the court to understand, you know, when they're talking to each other, uh, some of the language that they're using. So as I work with the players, what's helped me most when I communicate to them uh, is, is talking their language um, and not to the extent of, oh, this guy's trying to be on the cool side. It's just you need to, them to trust you. You need to build some rapport with them some way so that's been my tactic is is if you're outdating yourself too much um then it's harder for you to build that rapport but if you can show that you understand uh, some of the language that they're using especially on the court uh, it's going to help you build a rapport and trust with them so uh, that's been some of my tactic with them um and then finding players uh, on the team um, when you're communicating, you just try to find that leader. And uh, many times you see it in the pregame. Many times you see it, of course, during live ball. Who's the most talkative? And then that's the vocal leader on the team. And those are usually the most uh, experienced communicators um, and most mature communicators. So I'll try to seek those uh, players out on a team uh, because I know they can be influential on their team because they're likely a good communicator. 
You mean G Willikers and gosh darn it won't work? That's not gonna work. That's not <laughs> <laughs> Marty says not gonna work with these kids. They're gonna look at you um, and then trust and rapport goes out of the window. They're like, Who is this guy? What generation is he from? <laughs> You know, in today's game, we also have our, our warning signal that we can use. Are you using that with the kids at all, or do you just go and, and have a nice little conversation with them and talk to them uh, about getting out of certain situations? Occasionally, you know, especially when I look at, at film, I see it occasionally. Um, we were always taught to make sure that the, the stop sign is at, you know, waist level, pointed kind of down, and it's not pointed up. Uh, towards their chest or their face certainly um but i feel like it, I, when i use it it's not with the intent of like this stop sign of like you need to stop it's uh, more of like a hey, calm down mm-hmm. it's more of like right. you know lower your temperature yep. um, um body language um occasionally it pops out um but it's uh, when i see it i'm like oh, i didn't really like how i'm like so close to it almost looks like you're trying to push them so i try to really stay away from it occasionally i'll use it um, and it comes out, but I think it's more a, a product of me just using my body language of, hey, calm down, um, lower your temperature, um, but it appears to be a stop sign. So I try not to go to a stop sign. I like to just verbally tell them, okay, that's enough. Yeah, and I think for anybody who's listening to this, especially young officials, this whole second quarter, Jason has provided some fantastic examples of what to do in dealing with players. And, and really, uh, I, I would just use this as a sponge moment for yourselves to, to take what's been said and utilize that in the upcoming seasons that you have because it's there's some really, really solid stuff in this quarter. That is also the end of our second quarter. We're going to go to halftime right now, take a quick break, then we'll come back for the third, fourth quarters, followed by the post game and the five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking. And we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, ref. Rule 1, Section A, Article 3 in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns.
So our third quarter, we'd like to talk about how us officials can get better throughout the game. And by doing that, we talk about communication, about crew dynamics. So talk a little bit, um, Jason, about our communication as officials, um, whether that be verbal, nonverbal communication, and how we can do that throughout the game or at halftime or even during timeouts to make us better. Oh, that's a that's a big question to kind of unbox. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's on so many different levels of communication, um, verbally and body language. Um, we all know, you know, when it's two or three of us, that's all we got um, when we're out there. And um, the more information that we can have as a team uh, and a crew is 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 paramount um, to to spread amongst the team and the crew. Uh, what I mean by that is this little things of, uh, are we close to penalty? Um, what is the timeout situation? Uh, reminding each other of shot clocks and clocks. Um, it's understanding on uh, play calling if something feels out of whack. Um, and, and we've all been there as a, uh, an official when um, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm putting, I'm inserting myself too much or I feel like I'm completely out of the game um, because maybe nothing's been happening. Um, so utilizing communication during timeouts, halftime um, is, uh, is complex because in many times when, when those things are happening, um, you don't know if the communication and what you're going to say to uh, uh, your partner is going to put them in the tank. Or is this going to really help them? Um, so um, that's going to lead to, you know, your your relationship with with your crew. Uh, if this is the first time you're working with an official, or maybe the second or third, or maybe this is the hundredth time you've worked uh, with an official. Uh, last night was I was with a couple of guys that I've worked with with for years. Uh, so our communication is so much smoother. Uh, we can say things to each other. Uh, that's quite different than it is if this is the first time we work together. So all of these dynamics and uh, variables really contribute to how we're communicating to each other. Uh, but it leads back to what I started with is, is the more information that we can share with each other about the game and what's happening because uh, it shares the information amongst the crew, makes the crew and elevates the crew um, as the game goes on. So I think if you're always... Uh, considering that is to share information that's going to be useful for the crew um, uh, as kind of the the guideline and something to start with. And then um, those to crew dynamics of being a leader is if you feel like the game is kind of getting out of whack, then it's how do I approach officials um, or a partner um, for us to get on the same page. Um, so those are always uh, fun interactions because they're always challenging to decide which route you want to take uh, uh, to to smooth things over you know throughout this podcast you have provided some really fantastic tips and and things that you do uh, for other officials what kind of additional advice would you give to a, a real eager young official uh, who's ready to move from the lower levels to varsity i would say focus on the intangibles. Uh, what I mean, the specific intangibles is know your rules, know the mechanics, uh, because 
there's going to be a time uh, in the game, and this happens all the time, whether it's a, a clock malfunction and a typical play um, where someone needs to know the rule or somebody's going to need to know the clock because it was reset incorrectly. And for you to step up uh, during those times is where you really separate yourself. Um, so understanding um, the level you're working at, knowing the rules and mechanics on what you should be doing um, is where I th- you know, if you can focus um, 80% of your energy um, um, rather than uh, maybe networking and, and trying to know the right people, it's, it's doing the, the, the book work. Um, so when you're in a game, now you're going to really impress a veteran official um, that feels like if they're working with a, a younger, less experienced official, like, oh, I mean, they need to monitor um, and make sure that they know the clocks and, I, and now, now their minds in different places. If this will put um, an, an experienced official at ease when you're fixing clocks when the rest of up, when an atypical play happens and they, and you have the answer um, will immediately put any official, whether experienced or not, any official at ease. Um, so if you're up and coming, um, be a pro uh, at some of those intangibles. Talk about your experience with receiving advice from other officials. How has that impacted you throughout your career? And, and uh, maybe uh, maybe you've received better advice from veteran officials. Uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about that advice that you've received. Um, I, throughout my years, I've had you know only a, a couple mentors that I've really relied on mm-hmm. um, as it relates to you know the progression on where I should, you know camps I should go, um, uh, the direction of, of of where I should be officiating, going over video. Um, you know the best advice I've received early on is just be a sponge. Uh, don't be a yeah but person in any circumstance. Um, and that's you know, on the basketball court. Um, you know, I kind of carry that on professionally too in my own personal life. But uh, don't when I say it, don't be a yeah, but it's when somebody's telling you something, especially in the camp setting, or even if you're uh, with an experienced official that is wanting to share information with you. Um, and when they're saying something to you, it's yeah, but, and you go on with yeah, but I did it this way because of that. That's just that's the easiest way for somebody to shut off giving you information. Whether you take that information in and keep it and and, and put it in your game, or you say, you know what, this doesn't work for me, and then you flush it at the end of it, uh, that's okay. Uh, it's better to receive more information um, for you to be able to filter it, uh, dump what you don't like, uh, take what you need, because um, this is advocation we have is so much of sharing information and pulling people up uh, that uh, people that pulled me up over the years um, I think it's because of of being a good listener and somebody that's eager just to learn uh, somebody that's avoided being a yeah but person Mm -hmm. yep great point and that brings the end of the third quarter we're gonna go to the fourth quarter right now but first we're gonna hear a little bit about PQ2 LLC we'll be right back Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. 
And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. So the fourth quarter is a variety of questions, and uh, the first one we want to talk about is maybe your scariest moment on the court, off the court, but uh, maybe some of the scariest things that uh, might have happened to you in your career so far. <laughs> scariest? <laughs> well, I'll start with a, a really scary one where, you know, occasionally I'll do a men's league, and, um, you know, we're in this men's league, and these guys are either, you know, past you know maybe overseas players or past college players mm. they're past their prime mm-hmm. um, so this is <laughs> and it gets pretty intense and they they think that they're still uh, have a chance to either make it in the league or they think they're playing in the league but it gets really intense and this uh i'm laughing about it now but at the time, it felt scary because these guys just look at you like they just want to rip your throat out because they're <laughs> fighting so hard. And I don't know if it's because they're so winded and tired uh, uh, because they're a little bit past their prime. Uh, but at the time, it felt scary because they're, you know, these are rather than doing high school or college with their younger teens or, you know, young 20s. These are adult males that are like, you know, 30s, 35, maybe 40 um, <laughs> that are grown and are pretty intimidating. And so that, you know, sometimes those can get a little scary. So that kind of pops in my mind. It wasn't that scary, but if I were to kind of gauge it. And then the more of a funnier, scarier one is uh, had a game where um, Pinion Martin Sr. was uh, on the sideline and I'm in the trail and I look over and he's yelling at me and it was more of a funny scary because I know he's not going to do anything but you look up and it's 6'9 and it's like Kenyon it's like oh that's kind of cool but he's actually yelling at me so um, uh, he's actually a really nice person uh, but that was a kind of a funny, scary moment. Absolutely, with a, absolutely. Couple fan of player. Get a six nine guy yelling at you, no matter who it is. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna pay attention. I just, I just felt a big shadow over my shoulders. <laughs> you know, you talked about this a little bit earlier uh, about gaining some things professionally. But uh, when you look at basketball officiating, uh, you are a business manager for a dental group in the Bay Area. What kind of things do you gain from officiating professionally and maybe even in your personal life? Uh, the, the, the skills that cross over from both basketball to professionally are, this is, I think, where um, it's probably helped me in both areas. Uh, prior to being a business manager for this dental group, I was with a bank for 20 years um, in a management role, and um, the the things that you learn on how to communicate um, in a professional banking atmosphere um, and how you talk to customers um, and how you need to show empathy um, because you're dealing with such a sensitive piece of their life um, easily translated to basketball um, because you're dealing with a highly sensitive, high, high emotion um, area of, of basketball officiating. So 
having empathy, being a good communicator, um, um, paralleled uh, with each other. So I was able to cross those skills over really easily. I think it's helped me in both areas because there's so many um, trainings we do in basketball um, that have you deal with um, high intense uh, moments and being a, a quick decision maker is translated to my business world and, and professionally. So um, I think in both areas, uh, I've been successful um, um, because of the training I get in both areas and I'm easily, I can easily translate them um, to each other and they're relatable. Um, and so that's been fun over the years. And I think it's, uh, uh, that's what's kind of, you know, kept me in um, and, and officiating as much as it has is because it's benefited me so much in my personal life too. So we go back to the basketball floor and we think about situations. And, and so you've, you're in a game and the game's tied at, uh, at 50 with five seconds to go in the game. And Team A has the inbound underneath their own basket and they've called a timeout. What are you and your partners going to be talking about during this timeout? I learned something two summers ago and uh, really stuck is is just bring something to that conference and, and this meeting when the game uh, is on the line and you have that last timeout right before the the play is going to happen uh, where it's going to be a, a, a game deciding play bring something to that meeting uh, what i mean by that is whether it's reminding the the crew what are we to penalty who has it timeouts left who has an arrow who has who's in who's received a technical foul already does any team have a warning a delay a game warning um, who's the shooter what play do you think they're going to run um, who's had it in the past and you know maybe the, a play they've run on an on a um, inbound from the end line bring something to that meeting, whatever it is, because it's going to be impactful um, uh, to, to remind the entire crew of, of what's happening um, at that time. Uh, so what that's been my, you know, the thing that, you know, I learned a couple summers ago is to just make sure you bring something because uh, to not contribute something um, you're relying on the other two officials or other one official to carry the, the knowledge there. So whatever you can share is just going to be a brief reminder in those circumstances. So tie game, having all that um, knowledge will contribute to a great decision that you guys are going to make with five seconds left. You know, when we get into those tense situations, do you use any habits on the court to remain calm or focused during these times? Yeah, I do. I, I, I look at the, the, when there's an opportunity to take my eyes away from the court, in those in those tense situations um my mental reset is to look at the game board um and just say the score in my head and say the team fouls in my head um and that just puts me at a reset hmm. um, so different people have triggers of uh, of a routine for uh, that 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 reset um in their head um to bring their emotions down um and that's what i found um you know, Evan Longoria had the foul pole in his um, in his routine to do a mental reset in baseball. Mm -hmm. um, mine in basketball and officiating is looking at the game board 
uh, looking at the score, looking at the team fouls, um, and then um, telling myself reset and um, I kind of wash things away and, and bring myself down. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a, a great thing to do. Well, that's the end of our fourth quarter. We're going to go to the post game. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. Well, some of the best parts of officiating as we enter into the post game is that brother and sisterhood of officiating and, and whether that is the drive to the games or the post game destination, you know, that there's just nothing that replaces that uh, brother and sisterhood. So Jason, talk a little bit about how that has been for you throughout your officiating career. It's great. I think you know, we all probably do officiating to some extent for the social aspect um, and the brother and sisterhood that you create. Uh, many of my really good friends now are a result of officiating. Um, and uh, some of the music now I listen to it, it includes country, which my wife just hates when I play country <laughs> music now. She said, how do you like country music? I was like, well, when you're on these long rides and you're with officials that, um, you know, come from different demographics and, uh, and likings, so you, you listen to all kinds of music. And um, like five seasons ago, um, I got introduced to country music and I play it all the time. I only can play it by myself. So those are like just examples of this, you know, you're, who you are today is, uh, especially if you've been officiating for a while and who your friends are. Um, you look, you look around you. It's like, man, this is a, you know basketball family, uh, but um, it, it kind of it has a high impact on you on your life. <laughs> well, I tell people, you and I both know that country music today is more like adult contemporary when I was in in high school. So it's it's all relative <laughs> yeah. outside a little bit of more banjos or whatever else they use in there. But that's just another topic for a discussion. <laughs> talk talk yeah. a little bit about. Um, you know, family life and, and you, we know that family life does take a hit during the season, especially now with, with you in California being gone, what, six, six days a week, uh, with officiating. How have you been able to balance life between home life and officiating life? Um, it's, it's just being a good communicator with your family. Um, I leverage technology. So every game I get, um, she's invited on there. Um, so it pops up on her calendar, um, asking, you know, when, you know, routinely, is anything coming up in the next 30 days, 60 days, make sure we block out these days. Um, you know, they, they understand, especially if you're, um, I'm just starting out. Um, I, I highly recommend you, you give them an understanding, even though you may be starting out and you don't know. Uh, what the schedule may look like, know that once it gets going, 
during the season, you're out three to five nights a week. During camp season, which is coming up April, May, all the way through, you know, camps usually happen maybe sometimes through July, that you may be gone three or four weekends during camp season. Um, that's what it's going to look like if you're an active person in the camp world and, and then during the regular season. Yeah. So it's, it's having those upfront conversations, leveraging technology. Um, but I try to balance it as much as possible. So when I'm in hoops, I'm, I'm in it. And then when I'm home, uh, it's, it's family gets the attention. Um, so making sure that you're, you're aware of, uh, of how much time you're away um, and then being present. And that's the end of our post game. We're going to go to the five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. So the five quick decisions, we like to uh, end our podcast with this because uh, sometimes they provide some pretty good humor. So we'll find out here in a little bit, right? Uh, right, Jason? We'll see what happens. <laughs> right, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, in Ohio anyways, we're blessed to be fed at, at some of the games. And I know that doesn't happen everywhere. But um, I, in California, what are some of the best places that you've been to and some of the best best food at these places that you've been to? Uh, well, in California, we're not fed uh, uh, often at single games. The only times when, when usually a host uh, will feed us is at tournaments, so that's usually preseason stuff. Okay. Um, and some of the better ones is in a up north where we are in a county in a city called Mendocino, and they usually put a good spread out for, for the officials on their tournaments. It's usually a long drive, and they know that people have to drive uh, to get there, so they usually take care of the uh, the the officials and, and the coaches that make their way all the way up there. Um, so um, it's either some somebody's pulled pork or it's kind of a, a, an item that I remember uh, being really good there. Hey, anytime you can get pulled pork, it's a good thing. No question about that. I think that. so. Yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> if there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? I'd probably put the RA in. I know these players are – um, they're probably still learning how to even take a charge and get legal. Um, but it kind of gets the, the defensive player that's underneath the hoop that's taking a charge uh, out of there. Um, so I would add the RA. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you yeah. think is the most misunderstood rule from fans and coaches? From fans, the entire rule book. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, the, um, the the push in the back, which is always called over the back, right. uh, which I've looked in the rule book a number of times, and I can't just find that verbiage anyway. <laughs> so there's not an over the back. It's it's your guy didn't jump. 
um, maybe maybe they're just short. Maybe they couldn't get the ball. Right. Um, so that's a, a rule that's really misunderstood. And then and a block charge play. It's when does a defensive player get legal? Um, it's, it's just misunderstood by uh, many fans and of course players and coaches. Um, so uh, I think those two are probably probably the most. So think back at some of the facilities that you have worked and what are some what is the best facility? And I'm going to say at a high school location that you've ever worked. I would probably go to Sacramento. There's, I think it was Sacramento High School. It was a highly intense game. It's one of these games where it's uh, where you go into the gym, um, and the line was all the way out the door because it was a playoff game. Wow. But this gym must have been built in like the 40s, so it was <laughs> the rafters went up, up pretty high. It probably fit maybe 4,000 people in there, um, and then. They didn't have enough room in the stands, so the entire floor was full of play uh, was full of fans. Um, you barely had enough room on the end line to be there. Um, so it was it was partly the the facility. A lot had to do with the fan capacity in there. Um, but when you feel like the when you look up and all you see is is fans um, at this at this place, and it was a, a place that had a high echo, so any noise that was happening there, it felt like you were in a concert. So, um, Sack High was probably the one I remember as, uh, that one of the best facilities. I was yeah. At. That would have been a blast. I'll bet that place was rocking. Oh, it was jumping. Man. Yeah, it was jumping. You know, you can feel the floor moving because it's such an old building and, uh, the floor is moving and, um, your heart's beating. Yep. It's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. And the last question, what's the funniest thing a player coach or a fan ever said to you? <laughs> uh one at least sticks out in my head is you know, probably one of my first varsity games um and we oakland athletic league is a competitive league um it used to be more competitive many years ago um, but i was on the sideline just uh warming up and it's like one of my first varsity games and it's getting you know pumped for this game because I knew the OALs like everybody wants to do the Oakland Athletic League because it's one of the tougher leagues and we get on the floor places packed and I'm you know just standing there watching on the sideline and all of a sudden I feel somebody on my you know on my side and it's this five foot two woman (laughs) and she looks up at me and she says you see that boy number 32 don't you dare call a foul on him <laughs> tonight, or else, or else I'm gonna get you. Oh. And and it was the funniest thing, and I just had to just laugh with her, and she laughed too because she just saw that. Of course, it was funny. Um, I think you know, in some circumstances, you might be scared of it, but I thought it was the funniest thing because it was the cutest thing. It was a mom um, just telling me to make sure I don't I don't touch her boy and put a foul on him. <laughs> What a great icebreaker before think, the game, especially early in your career, is, too. <laughs> That's great um, stuff. So. That's great stuff. Well, hey, yeah. Jason, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you being able to take time out of your schedule. I know it's just crazy busy in California, so I appreciate you being able to make time for me and, and uh, uh, to be able to share really some great wisdom with the rest of the, rest of the officiating community. Uh, so thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Mark. Appreciate uh, any time to talk about hoops. Um, uh, I love the opportunity to do it. Uh, best of luck down the road. Your podcast is great. 
Um, and I think some young officials are going to benefit from the content that, uh, that you're spreading out there. So thank you. And that closes another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Until next time, have a great day. Brighten someone's day with a smile. And God bless.